Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. The, the title is Winning Big, that, that, that God wants us to win big. How many believes that? God wants us to win big. God doesn't want us to be victims of life and circumstances, and uh, he wants us to, to win and, and, and be overcomers. And, and so I want to talk to you about that tonight. Uh, when Jesus came to the earth, when Jesus came to the earth, it was a game changer in, in many ways, in many ways. It was a game changer for humanity. Um, one of the reasons it was a game changer is because he went on to hang on a cross and by the shedding of his blood, he redeemed us. And that is the reason we get to sing the songs that we sing tonight and, and, they, and, and, and they're real. We're singing reality. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus and that, that the blood and the cross was a game changer for all of us? Amen. Another reason it was a game changer for us is that when Jesus came to the earth, he began to shift the religious culture, moved from a temple mentality, a temple mentality when God was visited from a distant and only on certain days to a kingdom mentality, a kingdom culture, if you will. And, and the kingdom culture simply says this, that God is available 24-7. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? That God is available 24-7. And so he began, he initiated that. He started that shift. So that was a game changer. Another thing that he did, he accomplished, is that he clearly defined, he clearly defined God's heart. He clearly defined God's heart. But he also uh, clearly um, um, revealed and showed us uh, what our enemy was up to. In John 10.10, 10, he does this. He, he shows us this. John 10.10, 10, if you've been around church for a while, it's a very familiar verse of scripture. But it says, John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief's purpose, Satan, the enemy, the thief's purpose is to steal uh, and kill and destroy. But listen to, what, listen to what Jesus says. He said, my purpose, game changer, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Who is he talking about when he says them? He's talking about me. He's talking about you. He's talking about those that he would go to the cross and die for to redeem and those that would follow him. And so he came not so we would, could just exist, but so we could experience his life. Can somebody say amen to that? Can somebody say thank God for his life? And the li- amen, and the life that we get to experience. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, uh, Paul is talking about this life. He's talking about really the same life that Jesus was talking about in John 10, 10. And he said it this way. He said, the smallest you feel, the smallest you feel, uh, the smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Your lives aren't small, but what are you doing? You're living them, what? In a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Listen to this. Open up your lives and live openly and expansively. Open up your lives. Open up your lives and and live openly and expansively. In other words, let me just say it this way. Let me paraphrase it this way, what Paul is saying. He's saying, go big. That's what he's saying. That's my paraphrase. I've got a whole paraphrase coming out next month. It'll be available to you here pretty soon. Anyway, go big. In other words, live big. Because the, the, life, the life that you are currently living, he's saying, is it, it, you're living a small life, but God doesn't want you to live that way. God wants you to go big. He wants us to be big and go big in life. 
And so, so what, is, what is living big? Let me give you a couple of examples of living big. One is not allowing bad habits to control your life. Do you know that bad habits can cause you to live small, but you don't have to live that way. You don't have to be like we were seeing earlier. You don't have to be slaves to fear. Because as long as we're slaves to fear, we're going to, even though our life is big, we're going to live it in a small way. Aren't you thankful that we don't have to live lives being a slave to fear? Is anybody excited about that this evening? We don't have to live that life and live that way. We can go big and it's not allowing, uh, again, fear and worry to dictate the choices that we make. It's, it's not allowing insecurities to drive our life. It's, it's living big and opening up our heart and mind to everything that God has for us. That's what it means to, 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 to live big. But living big is also winning big. Living big is also winning big. And here, here, here is why we're talking about this. Life is hard at times. And you're like, Pastor, I wish you could be more positive tonight. Well, I'm positive life can be difficult at times. And, 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 and it's hard because we're pretty consistently faced with challenges and opposition. And, and so at times, because we're faced with all these challenges and it seems like we're bombarded with all this opposition that, that, that it can just shrink us and it can shrink our lives so small that again, we begin to live in a small way when the reality of it is God wants us to go big and live expansively. You know, sometimes it's easy we can get so used to being down that we can't even dream. We can't even fathom what it would be like to be up again. You understand what I'm saying? It, it can, you can be living a life in such a small way for so long. It's like you can't even dream. You can't even con- conceptualize what it would be like to live the expansive life that God has given us in Christ and he desires for us to live. But I'm here to tell you, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying this evening that we don't have to live our lives in a small way, but we can go big even in the area of winning and we can overcome the challenges that come our way. Amen. Good message already. So the truth is, challenges come to us all. I'm, John 16, 33, Jesus says this. He says, I've told you these things that in me, you can have peace. In this world, you're gonna have trouble. I love this next part. Aren't you thankful that Jesus didn't stop with that one? At that point, he says, uh, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So I'm gonna run through real quickly. I'm gonna run through uh, how challenges in, can come in different forms. Sometimes challenges can come in temptations. We could be challenged in, in temptations and those challenges can come through being tempted. Sometimes challenges can come through people. Sometimes challenges can come through people and don't look at your husband or wife or anybody near you and say, yeah, yeah he's talking about you right now. Here's what David said in Psalm 27.1. He said, the Lord is my light. And is the one who saves me. Watch this. So why should I fear anyone? In other words, uh, David is saying that, 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 that challenges can come through people, but I don't have to fear people. The Lord protects my life. So, so why should I be afraid? And sometimes challenges can, can, can come through circumstances. Romans 8, 35 says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he uh, no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? So, so here Paul again is saying, he's saying, listen, just because we go through challenges doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. Let, let me just say this. You can be doing everything right and still face challenges. 
You know, I see it so often where Christians, believers, when they're hit and they're blindsided or they're hit with a big challenge, they, they immediately go to God and say, God, either why are you allowing this or what have I done wrong, God? Well, it, it, it could be, it's really, most of the time, it's neither one of them. Most of the time, it, it's just the fact that we are doing the right thing and challenges are going to come. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, he's teaching about the kingdom. He's teaching about the word coming into our, us, allowing the word to come into our life. It says that trouble and persecution comes for what? The word's sake. So, so you can be doing everything right, standing on the word and believing God and just di- diving deep into God's word and God's truth and, and calamity or challenges hit. L- look at me. It's normal. Come on now. It's, it's normal. It doesn't mean that you're not, that you're doing something wrong. It's just, sometimes you, you could be doing everything right and challenges are going to come. Amen. So when challenges come, we have to determine that, that we have to win big, that we're going to win big. We're not going to settle. We're not going to settle and just say, well, a life is what it is. How many just, how many just loves that phrase? How many, how, many, how many? I just can't stand that one. Well, it is what it is. If, 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 you, if, if you say that. I think, I think you ought to have your fish sticker on your vehicle or whatever, whatever Jesus paraphernalia that you got on your house. I mean, on your vehicle, it should be removed. You shouldn't even be allowed. It is what it is. Listen, God did not call us to live an is what it is kind of life. God has called us to go big and to win big. Can somebody say amen to that? <laughs> But winning big's not God's choice. It's not God's choice. It's our choice. So he, here's what I want to take you through right now. I want to take you through as quickly as I can. I want to take you through five choices that you need to make when challenges come. Five choices that you need to make when challenges come. Are you ready to go? Because we're going to move pretty quickly through this. Number one, first choice you got to decide is this. Will I fold or will I fight? you got to make the decision. When challenges come, when challenges come, even when you're doing everything right or, or you've made mis- some mistakes and you're dealing with some challenges that come, uh, you know, come that way or because of that, listen, either way, you've got to determine this. You've got to a- a- ask yourself and, ma- and, and make this choice. Am I going to fold or am I going to what? Fight. Ephesians 6.13 says, that is why you need to put on God's full armor. Then on the day of evil, you will be able to stand what? Stand what? And when you have finished the whole fight, you will still be standing. Ha! That means even when the challenges come, even when the, 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 the opposition comes and you begin to stand and you begin to fight, when the dust settles, you're still going to be what? You're still going to be what? Standing. But you have to make that decision. You got to make that decision at the front end. You can't just go, God, well, if you want me to fight, if you want me to win, if you want me to stand. No, no, no. The truth is, let me just say this. Let me just put it this way. When you stand, God stands. When you stand, what? God stands. Listen to me. So what happens then is that when you stand and God stands, your fight becomes his fight. Are you following that? That your fight becomes his fight. 
How many fights has God ever lost? Thank you. So you got to make the decision. Am I going to fold or am I going to fight? One of the things I've, I've noticed about our pastor, I've known him for many, many, many years now. And I have seen him go through some challenges. And you know, one, one thing I've noticed consistently in his life is this. I've never seen him fold. I've always seen him fight. And you know, that's encouraging to me. Is that encouraging to you? That our pastor, our pastor, they don't fold. They stand and fight. And if they can do it, what? We can do it too. Amen? Here's, here's the next choice that we've got to make. Who will I fight? Who am I going to fight? Is it flesh or foe? Who am I going to fight? Is it flesh? Who am I going to fight? Is it flesh or foe? Am I going to attack the person who is challenging me or the enemy that's behind the attack? Ephesians 6, 12 says, our fight is not against people on earth, but against the rulers and authorities and the powers of the world's darkness. Watch this. Against the spiritual powers of evil in the what? In the heavenly world. So our fight's not against people on the earth, but it's against rulers and authorities and powers in the world's darkness, against the spiritual powers of the evil in the heavenly world. Listen, there's a, there's some, there's a quote that I heard a statement that I heard several years ago. And when I heard this, when I heard this statement, I I adopted it as a life statement. And and, and they said this, they said, never pick a battle where there are no spoils. Never pick a battle where, where there are no spoils. And so I began to think about that. And I thought how important, how important that is, is, is to me, it meant that if I'm not going to engage in a battle with a person if, if nothing good is going to come out of it. I, I'm not going to engage in a battle with a person just to prove I'm right. That'll help some married folks. And, and let me just say this, being right is not considered a spoil. So, so I determined years ago that I had to realize, I had to do this, that, that I had to go, you know what? Nothing is ever going to come out of, nothing good's going to ever come out of me attacking a person, but, but something good can come out of it if I deal with the spirit behind that attack. I'm not here to say that a person that you're dealing with or you may be in conflict with is demon possessed. I don't want you to go, I knew it. I knew it. Pastor John confirmed, sweetheart, that you're demon possessed. No. (laughs) Several years ago, um, one of our daughters uh, went through a, a pretty challenging time in her life. She's been public with it, and, and uh, so, so we, we walked. It was probably two or three months went through, through this, this time with her. And I remember having a conversation with her uh, one evening, and, and I said, uh, sweetheart, uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to fight with you, but I am going to fight for you. And here's how I'm going to fight for you. I'm praying for you. I'm standing for God's best and God's will in your life. And I'm going to fight for you that way. I'm not going to fight with you. I, I am not fighting with you. Oh, but dad, I'm not fighting with you. But please, I'm not fighting with you. I'm going to fight for you. Let me tell you the end result of that. One, 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 she, she, she was a, still is a bit of a night owl. And, 
one, one night, we were, uh, had, was had, we were having one of those late night talks and me and Sandy and, and she was in the room and in the living room. And it was as if a light bulb went off. And she sat up and she said, I know the decision that I need to make. And she said, I'm done with the path and this decision that I've made. I'll never forget this as long as I live. My young adult daughter, I'm sitting in my chair, and my young adult daughter came up and sat down on my lap. And she curled up, my, my little baby, and she just began to cry. And from that day forward, she stepped into another path. And her life is a blessed life today because of it. And here's why. Here's why. Here's why. We chose to make sure that we don't pick a battle where there are no spoils. I'm not going to fight her. I'm going to pray and we're going to stand. And we're going to deal. We're going to deal with the issue. We're going to deal with the source. Not the flesh. But the foe. Are you following me? Not the flesh, but the foe. That's the word for somebody. Amen? Praise God. Let me, let me just say this, because I feel like I need to say this. You will not argue this, the person into submission. I've tried. You're, you're not going to... You're not going to argue the person into submission. Now, you may, think, you may think they're submitting, but they're not submitting. They're just getting quiet, so you'll shut up. Are, are you following me? They're, they're, just, they're just being quiet, so you'll just stop. And you think, <laughs> I won. No, you didn't win. No, you, you didn't win. You, you, need to, you need to approach... You need to approach it differently. Don't go after the flesh. Go after the foe. Amen? Amen. Choice number three, who will I trust? You got you to you answer this question. Who am I going to trust? Is it me or who's in me? Who am I going to trust? When challenges come, who am I going to trust? Is, am I going to tr- trust me or who's in me? When challenges come, the choice has got to be made. Am I going to trust and rely on me or who's what? In me. Let me just say this. Listen very closely. You will never outsmart or overpower the enemy on your own. You will never outsmart or overpower the enemy on your own. Never. So when you're faced with a challenge, are you going to stand on your own ability? Or are you going to depend on on another ability that is within you. Are you following me? Do you know there's some good stuff in you? Do you know that, the, that there is a person named the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost that lives within you and the enemy is no match for him? Come on now. The, the enemy will never outsmart him, will never uh, overpower him. It's just not going to what happen. First John 4, 4 says, my dear children, you belong to God and have defeated them because 
Because God's spirit who is in you is greater than the devil who is what? In the what world? Greater is he that lives in you than he that's in the what world? Who lives in you? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Let me tell you one of the coolest things I just love. This is so awesome to me. The same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus... This is just the coolest thing ever. The same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Ghost that anointed Jesus lives in you. Have you read the Gospels where Jesus is just going through life with the disciples and the Pharisees come up and they try to trick him? You know, try to catch him in something. They try to, they set a trap for him. But every single time Jesus would recognize it, listen to me, he would recognize it and then he would, he would either oppose it and destroy it or he would walk around it. It was incredible. They never could catch him. Do you know why? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit was helping him and the same Holy Spirit is living in you and he helps you in life. It gets better. He gets better. Then he goes, he, he submits his self to die on the cross and, and he's put it in the tomb for three days. It was a borrowed tomb. You know why? Because it just wouldn't have been a good investment to buy a tomb that he's only gonna use for three days. So it was a borrowed tomb. So he knew he wasn't gonna be there long. So he, he goes in there and three days later, he, he's, he's, he comes back from the dead. How, why? Because the Holy Spirit came into his lifeless body and caused life to come back into his body. He came up and the glory filled that cave. And he walked out and the glory has not stopped since. Amen. Now here's the good news. The same spirit that raised him from the dead lives in you. If, if, if death, hell, and the grave couldn't stop the Holy Spirit, do you think it can stop some of the petty challenges that you're dealing with right now? That'll make a tadpole slap a whale. I'm telling you, man, that is. That one preacher said that'll make you want to swing out over hell and just spit in the devil's eye. I'm telling you, it's just. But when a believer begins to believe that and stand in that to say, you know what? This is not about me and my ability and my wisdom and my power. It's God's power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that's working in me and for me and through me. Hallelujah. I about preach myself happy up here. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Nudge somebody and say, there's more in you than you think right now. Amen. Choice number four, when challenges come, got to win big. We want to go big and we want to win big. When challenges come, you got to make this decision. You got to make this choice. What am I going to say? What what, what am I going to say? When, when, when circumstances look bigger than God and when challenges look bigger than our God and circumstances or challenges are, are just, just overwhelming us, what are we going to say? A few years ago, I did an extensive study in the scriptures and, and, and found out and realized that um, our words are powerful. Because for years I heard, I heard ministers like, many of you may have never heard of this guy named Ch- uh, Charles Capps. The power of your confession, the power of your words. Well, I heard that growing up. I, I mean, I grew up in this stuff. 
I grew up in Holy Spirit, word of faith, uh, you know, the faith message. I grew up in it. So I heard about the power of your words, the power of your words. So as a young adult, I, I began to study because I, I needed to make sure it was true for me. I need, I need, to, I need to get it in my heart. And my, I need to make a choice to, to determine if words are powerful. So I just got in the scripture. I got in the word. I began to study and study and study. And I came to this conclusion, this conclusion, our, my words matter. My words matter when challenges come. My, my words, our, our words matter all the time. But especially, especially when challenges come, what are we going to say? What am I going to say? How am I going to respond to that? As a matter of fact, our words can cause some challenges sometimes. Don't worry, I'm not going to stand this long. <laughs> James 3, 5, and 6 so all, it says, so also the tongue is a small thing. But what enormous damage it can do. Tiny spark can set a great forest on fire and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness that can ruin your whole life. Watch this. It can turn the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction. For it is, uh, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Pastor James, what are you talking about? He was saying this, I think the Holy Spirit is saying this right now. Listen, our words, our words can cause challenges. Can I better amen than that? But our words can be a huge part. It's a, they are a huge part when it comes to helping us win big. Let me give you an example. Jesus exemplified this truth as he's challenging the wilderness in Luke chapter uh, 4, verses 3 through 4. When you're familiar with the scriptures, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. You can go back and study it and read it. It's when, when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was tempted by Satan. And, and so it says in verse 3, it says, And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And watch this, verse 4. But Jesus answered him. So, so Satan came and he, he challenged Jesus. It was a temptation. Okay. He challenged him with a temptation. Is a temptation, and he said, "If you are the son of uh, of God, command this stone to become bread." Now, no, notice here. Notice that Jesus didn't say, "I'm going to say a silent prayer right now." It's all bow our heads and let's just. No, it says, "But Jesus answered him, saying, it is written.' It's written." How many of you know when challenges come, temptations are just circumstances, it is crucial that we answer the temptation or that we answer the challenge. And, and, and you say, you say, <laughs> sometimes I just don't know what to say. I think about the story that I've heard of Miss Becky years ago when they were in an accident and the girls were, were with her. I remember, I'd, I've heard this story, I don't know how many times and it's impacted my life. But I remember Pastor telling the story of when, um, when he arrived on the scene above all the noise of the, um, the emergency personnel that were there and vehicles that were there. Above all of that, he could hear Miss Becky. He could, he could hear Miss Becky answering her circumstances. She had an answer. You know what it was? Jesus! Jesus! <laughs> Listen to me. Sometimes... If that's all you got, that's all it takes. 
Come on now. If that's all you got, that's good. Start with that. Answer your circumstances. Just like Miss Becky, she was answering the circumstances in that moment. Jesus! You can't be silent. You got to speak the word. You got to speak truth. And, 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 and the enemy, Satan, didn't stop. As a matter of fact, he came back two more times after that. And Jesus answered the same way. He did the same thing. Why? Because that's what works. The second time he didn't stop and say, uh, let's get some angels here and let's have a prayer meeting. No, he did, he did it again. He said, no, it's written. Satan came back the third time. It's written. Why? Because that's what works. Can I better amen than that? James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. How how does that happen? How do you resist the devil? It's your words. It's your words. It's your words. To wrap up this evening, when you're faced with a challenge, talking about winning, going big. This is, how, this is just practical stuff and how you, how you can win and, and overcome. You gotta, you gotta make this decision. You gotta make this decision. You gotta answer this question. Make this choice. Am I gonna be better or am I gonna be bitter? On the other side of this thing, am I gonna be better or am I gonna be bitter? And here, here's the reason this is so important. This is so important. A challenge will never leave you the same. A challenge will never leave you the same. When you come out of the other side of a challenge, either you're going to be better or you're going to be bitter. You're going to be better in the sense of I'm going to be stronger. My confidence in God is going to be greater. Are you going to come out the other side and you're going to be bitter? You could be bitter at God. You could be bitter at people. I've done both. And I've been, I've been in ministry for almost 27 years now. And I've seen a lot of folks come out the other side. And I've seen a lot of folks come out better. I've seen a lot of folks come out, come out, come out bitter. But here, here, here's the, here is the point that I want to make. The choice is yours. The, the choice is yours. When you come out the other side, when you come out the other side, the choice is yours to be better, stronger, wiser, or to be bitter. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? <laughs> Listen to this. Then be happy. How many of you ever gotten up in the morning and just say, thank God for this challenge. I just want to say thank you. I'm just so happy. But, but listen, and here's the reason he says you can be happy. For when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is finally in full bloom, watch this, then you will be ready for anything. Strong in character, full and complete. In other words, you'll 
be what? You'll be better. How many has ever um, heard of a guy by the name of Horatio Spafford? Heard of him? Horatio Spafford lived in um, Chicago in the 1870s. And uh, he was a very wealthy businessman. He actually was an attorney and very successful. And he had invested a lot of money in property. And uh, right before, it was in the late 1860s, invested a lot of money in real estate and there in Chicago. Well, in 1871, there was a, um, a huge fire there. It's called the Great Chicago Fire. And most everything that he had invested in, he lost. Most everything that he invested in, he and his wife, and he had uh, five children. They almost lost everything because of that great fire. And you think, wow, that's, that's horrible. That's bad. Well, that's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. His four-year-old son, their four-year-old son, uh, had scarlet fever. He passed away. He said, man, that's horrible. Could it get any worse? Yeah, it got worse. It got worse. His wife was having a difficult time dealing with it, so he had... He had the, made the decision that, that they would go to Europe and on vacation, just get some time away. And they were also friends with one of the great evangelists, D.L. Moody. And they were going to be in some of the services and that he was holding there in Europe. So at the last minute, uh, some business came up. And last minute, he said, look, you guys go. Told his wife, you and the kids, the four, his four daughters, you go. And I'll, I'll catch the next ship over. Well, on the way over, the, 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 uh, Miss Spafford, his, uh, his wife... Their ship collided with another ship, and in I think it was 12 or 13 minutes, that ship sank. And his wife was the only one that lived. His four girls, gone. So she, she, she survived. She, when she made it to Europe, she messaged him back. Not, it was, uh, not what's the word I'm looking for? She wired him, sent a wire. And, and it, she basically said, I'm the only one alive. What do I do? So he gets on his ship and he's on his way back to Europe to see her, to comfort her. And when they got to the place that the ship had gone down, the captain of the ship that Mr. Spafford was on came to him and he said, this is, this is the point, this is the place where your daughters perished. And history says that he stood there and he penned a great hymn. And the hymn is, it is well with my soul. So he wrote that after all of those things that happened to him. Horatio Spafford had a choice to make. And he chose to be better. He had plenty of reasons to be bitter. But he chose to what? To be better. What's your choice? Because challenges are going to come. They're going to come. You got a choice. Am I going to be better? Am I going to stand and be strong? Because I believe that's what God's saying to do. Go big, win big. But as long as we allow bitterness, if we allow bitterness to come in, it's going to cause our lives to be really small. So always choose to what? Be better. You win big. And we get to experience, you get to experience the bigness 
in this life that God's given us. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.